And I think that's something that we can apply to in general. Just don't try to compare yourself to others. There's always going to be people ahead of you. Just run at your own pace. Do what's best for you. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club listeners. It is Sarah Larby here with my co-host, Alfonso Salemi. And we are back for another fun-filled episode. And we've got George Almasri today on our podcast and it's going to be really exciting and uh, how are you doing Alfonso? I am doing great Sarah. I'm excited for this podcast. George, really really great guy. We met through the Right Club. He started coming out to the events. I had no idea who he was before. We got to know him. He's a really successful realtor and actually by coincidence one of the rent-to-own properties, one of our clients, actually chose a property that he had listed and I had no idea that it was his listing until we went to the home inspection and I saw his for sale sign on the front lawn. And I was like, George, you'll never guess where I'm at. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we ended up doing that property. He sold the property. He was so happy. And cause he was like, yeah, I was getting worried because these sellers kept on saying they wanted to change the name on the owner. And then, cause then I heard Jag, he goes, then I felt I was, because then I felt more at ease. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, That's very, awesome. very good guy. And uh, yeah, a lot of good insights because he's got both. He wears both hats, right? From the investor standpoint, and from the realtor standpoint. So I love realtors that have that mentality. We talk about that all the time, like a mortgage broker, realtor, lawyers, accountants, all the different people on our power team. We want them to have that investor mindset. Yeah, ideally be an investor and then work with investors. And he does both. And you know what, Alfonso, it makes me wonder, like the pros and cons of sometimes being a realtor. Would you ever want to be a realtor? Oh. Why and why not? Yeah, well, okay. The reasons, yeah. Okay, let's start with why I would want to be a realtor. And I guess some of the things that he touches on in the podcast, you know, access. You have access to all types of information. That I think is, is, is a benefit for sure. You can see comps, see what the area has been doing. And for even the back office of the whole MLS system, from what I know, the side of where I wouldn't want to be a realtor is I, I don't know if I could work like with the general public. He says he focuses on new home buyers, right? And and I know even when we qualify our, our, our rent to own clients and then they go out and look at homes with the realtor and, you know, without getting into too much detail about some of the conversations of why people love homes or why people don't, it's just easier when you're making the, the decisions based on numbers versus emotion. I'll give a quick example. When I was looking for the place that I'm currently living in now, the triplex, there was such an emotional attachment for me. Like I hated it. <laughs> I hated it because I knew I was going to be living there. So I was like, oh, what about this? And look at that. And, and if it was just a normal investment property, I would have never even looked at those things that I was bringing up. So luckily I had a business partner that said, okay, here, you take a look at these things. You tell me if it's a good deal or not. I, I'm way too emotional. So, and I always joke around with the realtors that we work with is they're half realtor, half like psychiatrists, right? <laughs> yeah. So dealing with a lot of human emotions. What about you, Sarah? Would you ever consider it or have ever considered it? The thing that I would say is there's pros and cons to all. I agree with you with the access, the instant access to be able to see everything that's going on, all the history about a house, pulling up comps, all of that stuff. But then I look at the cons and I think as a realtor, like I am a morning person. I, I like to be doing stuff. And then in the evenings, like I actually pass like nine or 10 o'clock. Like I probably I'm sleeping on the couch or something as long as <laughs> if I'm sitting anywhere. And 
I don't know if I could work like, and I do work weekends and evenings, but it's on real estate investing and podcasts. And I don't think it's work work, but as a realtor, if that was my full-time job and I'm working evenings and weekends, I don't know if that's the schedule I would want. And then he mentioned it is there's a code of ethics. And though I am ethical, etc. I like to lowball <laughs> and, <laughs> and get some good deals once in a while. And sometimes as a realtor, you are limited in some of the things that you can and cannot do. And then I look at it and I'm like, well, when I'm buying houses, cause I really don't sell much, it's free. I'm not paying a realtor anything. It's that comes out of the seller's pocket when, when they pay the commission for both realtors. And so I think if you have a really good realtor, you can get them to look at properties on your behalf. Like there's just so many more things. I think you have almost more control not being a realtor and you have more ability to say, I'm going to throw out a bunch of lowball offers and see what sticks. And yes, I do that. And I didn't sign this code of ethics, but yes, I'm ethical. But if I want to lowball, I should be allowed to lowball. That's right. Yeah. And you said it, you, you mentioned there when you said it doesn't feel like work work with that other stuff that you're doing on evenings and weekends. And I think I heard it, it must've been, I think it was probably on your podcast, Sarah, you had a guest on there and somebody was talking about like, if it feels light or heavy, right? Like we talk about like physical, but the work, like talking about like even just the paperwork involved and all the different amendments and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not a strong paperwork kind of guy. I, have a great business partner and now we have a bookkeeper taking care of that type of stuff but even like the offers going back and forth and preparing them and I think it takes a special type of personality to be that realtor and George is definitely that guy he cares yes. about his clients he wants his clients to be successful he has that investor mindset and you know he even said it he likes working with those new buyers and helping them get in the market because he was there not too long ago so absolutely Maybe in five years when we get up to like episode like 500, we'll have George on before that too, but we'll see how he feels after 10 years or 15 years being a realtor as well too. But they are yeah. so important in that process, right? And you never know, like maybe one day we will be realtors. We don't know if there's going to be some pros and some cons or yeah. if there's like a way that we can help more people by doing it. I have no idea. So I'm like, I'm not saying no, never, but it definitely, for me anyways, I would want to work with investors strictly, I think. Yeah. And that's why yeah, you got to be careful. Never say never. So I'm never <laughs> going to say never, but yeah. I definitely prefer to work with great professional realtors that have that investor mindset. And even with our own clients and the rent to own side, they're not necessarily investor specialists, but they have their client's best interest in mind. So it's best that they do that. And, and he mentioned it, you know, stay in your own lane, run your own race, you know, let, let them do that. It takes that special personality, let that realtor I'd rather say, here, you do this instead of juggling and being the investor and being the realtor and, you know, looking for money and finding clients and doing all that type of stuff. Yeah. It does seems like a lot more work and I kind of like being on the investor side at this point, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is why George is great is like, he enjoys it. You can tell like he just goes above and beyond. He builds those relationships with clients. He enjoys that whole process. And I think he's, he's great at it. I mean, he does some things that a lot of realtors might not. And I think it's important too, that he's doing the real thing. He's investing at the same time and showing other clients how it's done and like playing the game and, and doing it and talking about it and showing 
the results as well. And I think that's really cool. So let's bring him on and let's have a little chat with him. And if you guys are interested in getting to know George even more, come out to the right club. He is a regular attendee and always willing to help. So he's just so kind. I, I really, really enjoy talking to him. And so I think we should start the podcast. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. All right, and welcome, George L. Mastery. Welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, so Sarah and I are very excited to have you on the podcast. I know both Sarah and I have been on your podcast. Just so that I can one-up Sarah as well, too, we actually bought a rent-to-own property that George had listed as well, too. Yeah. So, Ah, very uh, nice, very nice. Uh, as a, a longtime supporter of the Right Club as well, too, George, yeah, we're very excited to have you on, so welcome. Great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Welcome, welcome. So why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and, and what you do currently and also how you got involved in real estate investing? Sure. A little bit about myself. Sarah and I actually have a bit in common because we were both French educated. So I grew up going, attending a French elementary school and high school and I did a minor in French. So I'm fluent in that language. Très bien. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I have been involved in real estate as a salesperson, as a realtor for about five years now. I started off with Royal LePage and then about a year and a half ago, I switched over to Rockstar Real Estate. So I'm, I'm an agent representing them at the moment. Right on, right on. So what is your specialty? What's an, as a realtor, as an agent, what's your go-to or what's, you know, everybody says they do a little bit of everything, but what's your go-to? What's your specialty? What's your favorite? At the moment, really enjoying working with young people that are trying to get their foot in the door because I recently was there myself and I know that it could be difficult when you don't have a big budget and you're just trying to qualify for that mortgage and buy that first home and go from there. So I've been, I feel like I've been attracting more and more people like that lately. So that's kind of my sweet spot at the moment. Very cool. So George, so you started off as a realtor. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to be a realtor? Well, you know what, when I remember when I was in, I think it was in high school, like maybe grade 12 or something, I just, I was having a conversation with my parents and I told them that I want to become a contractor. I want to fix homes. And they kind of were like brushing it off. Like you should go to university. We know you're, you're going to U of T, just get your degree. You're not going to do that kind of stuff. And then things just happened. I was working after school a tech company called Wishabi at the time, which is now Flip. Um, anyways. Oh, you know what? I have heard of them and I think I've been in their office. Yeah, it's very possible. They're, they're a Toronto-based tech company and they're one of the top apps in, on the App Store, iPhone App Store. So I just hated the job. The company was great. I just hated the job. I ended up kind of wanting to really figure out what I want and I just thought, what can I do every single day for the next five to 10 years and be happy? And the thing that came to me was sales and more specifically real estate because I've always had a dream of owning a big portfolio of properties. Right on. Okay. So what does that portfolio look like today? It's very small. I own two properties at the moment. The first one that I bought was in Hamilton downtown. I bought a really difficult property for a first time home buyer. I would say I got it for a great price. It was listed originally for 260 and this was in June, 2016. I ended up buying it for 215 and I put some work into it myself. I did the floors, the baseboards, new kitchen. I did it with a very, very small budget. I think in total I spent about 15,000 to do everything pretty much in the house. 
And uh, today I'd say it's probably worth about 360, somewhere in that range, just a year and a half later. So I, I think I did pretty well with that one. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm, I'm just curious. So you started off, you obviously had these dreams of being a contractor or wanted to own a portfolio mm -hmm. and you became a realtor. Yeah. And, and then you, you became a realtor. Were you originally helping only homeowners or you, were you trying to work with investors or how did that all come about? Because I'm a rock star. You specialize in working with investors or people that want to invest. So can you walk us through that transition? Sure. Well, the first thing I can say is when I got into real estate in 2013, I was 22 years old at the time. And I was this really cocky kind of arrogant guy. I thought that I was going to get into real estate and dominate. And that really didn't happen. It humble, humbles you very quickly. And even today, being around like at the right club, being around all these investors that are extremely successful, it humbles you. And the point is, when I started, I was just trying to, to survive. So I would work with whatever transaction I can to survive. And that meant working with a lot of tenants. So you get a small commission from that, buyers and sellers. And from there, for, after doing that for about four years, I started to really take on an interest. And what I would do is I would just reach out to random investors. I kept thinking, how do I get involved with investors? I didn't know about the right club. I didn't know about different events. So I was just Googling, we buy houses fast and just reaching out to those people. And I ended up, talking to a lot of great people that were really open to sharing with me. And through just curiosity, I ended up attending all of these different clubs and events and getting involved with investors. And I'm kind of transitioning more towards that side of, of things at the moment. Right on. So with all, with all your experience up to date, and you know, we talked about that first property, maybe before we get into a little bit more about your background, how about what does that second property look like? Let's talk about that. Yeah, the second property, so about six months, I would say after buying the first house, I ended up getting a HELOC on it, home equity line of credit. And I was able to use that to buy a second home, which, which is about five minutes away. So that's a home that I currently live in. It's a very small house, but I managed to get it for a reasonable price again. It was under 200000 and it's, it's been good. Didn't require a lot of work, and I still have a small balance on the HELOC so I can actually pursue a third property, which is what I'm in the process of doing at the moment. Very cool. So you're learning, you're actively teaching, because you have a podcast as well, which is, which is really cool. What's your podcast called? It's the Well Off Podcast. And you're interviewing Canadian real estate investors as well. So that's right. It's, it's awesome. And guys, take a listen to George's podcast. Now, George, I just want to, because you're a realtor and you've been doing this for how long now? Over five years. Yeah. Over five years. So I like, I want to also point out like being a realtor, like sometimes people think, oh, you know, like they make such great money. They're going out and they're selling like two houses and making a hundred grand. And like, that is not necessarily the case. Can you give us a little bit of a reality check on not necessarily your day-to-day, -day, but mm -hmm. like you probably had a different idea before you got into it versus what you were seeing around you. What's a day in the life of a realtor? Yeah, in general, I would say that there are so many different paths in real estate and there are people that are doing really well with online marketing, with Google AdWords, with this and that like podcasts and YouTube videos and whatever. And then there are people who are maybe doing more of the face-to-face -face relationship building, networking, that kind of thing. So 
It's very confusing when you get into real estate because you have to figure out who you are as a person first and what is your style and what's going to work best for you. For me personally, I find that building relationships and being face to face with people is what works best for me. I don't like to spend money on AdWords and on, on this and that online. I just don't believe in that model. So for me, what I really like to do is reach out to people every day, calls. You guys have received some of my notes. I like to write handwritten notes to people and just to let people know that I care and that I'm willing to take time out of my day to write something down when I know I could just send an email or whatever. And then I try to book one-on-ones as much as possible. So coffees maybe two, three times a week, just get face to face with people so that we can actually build that relationship. Hey, right club nation. We'd like to take a short break from the podcast to introduce you to Ryan Carson, who is the leader and visionary at Carson law. It's a firm based out of Burlington, Ontario that provides legal services in the areas of residential and commercial real estate, corporate and business matters, estate planning and intellectual property. Ryan has handpicked his legal and admin team who have developed an efficient process that can help with every aspect of the transaction. This includes acting on purchases, sales, refinances, receiving funding, reviewing contracts, drafting and reviewing joint venture and partnership agreements, assisting with private lending, and building the right corporate structure. Right Club Nation, you will recognize Carson Law and his team as regular attendees and loyal supporters of our monthly meetings. They possess the perfect balance of legal experience and desire to achieve client satisfaction that ensures each deal is successfully executed in a timely manner. And by the way, even though there are main offices in Burlington, they have a mobile signing service that will send a lawyer to meet with clients, which is awesome. At Carson Law, you can count on their legal advice for home, for work, and for life. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, and that's so important. As technology becomes even better and better, and we're recording this in three different locations, yeah, and it becomes easier to connect with people, that personal touch, and I know just before we started recording the podcast, both Sarah and I remember feeling it, touching it, seeing that, the handwritten note that you sent to us, yeah. which makes such a difference. So that personal touch, meeting people, going out for coffees, talking to them makes such a big difference, and that's why we're big proponents of networking, coming out to the club, getting, talking to different people. That's how you're able to build that relationship, right? So it's a lost art. It really is like, you're probably, I would say the only person close to my age. That's not like a grandma type of older person because they still have the touch, but it is a lost art and I'm guilty of not doing it. But I, I, I was really happy. Like, I think you sent me two two of them. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I am not used to getting cards <laughs> in the mail and handwritten. And so I want to, I want to say that like that left a, a great impression in my books. And I think it's those little things, right? I mean, it's definitely the relationship buildings, but it's those little extra things that like people don't expect that mm-hmm. they get. And it's almost like in a way it's just, it gets a welcome surprise. So that's really cool. Do you have any other little tips and tricks of things that you, that you do to, to gain more clients, build those relationships? Yeah, it's not, it's not so much about building or getting more clients. It's about relationships. And I just like to do little things. For example, on Mother's Day, maybe I'll buy flowers for some of the mothers that I've worked with. Sometimes you might have a single mom and then just to drive over to their house and, and give them the flowers on Mother's Day, things like that make a big difference. Or if someone, for example, tells me that they, they would love to read a book about, 
or a, by their favorite author. Maybe I'll, I'll buy that book for them because I know that they'll appreciate it. Just little things to, to show people that I care. That's right. And, and I think there's an old sales saying, right, is that people always forget what you do for them, but they won't forget how you make them feel. Right. Right. So getting that, that that's awesome. So, so George, I'm going to assume that, you know, you were saying you wanted to do construction and your parents were like, no, go to school, get an education and then figure it all out. You didn't come, what, did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Like growing up, was that always instilled in you or, or what kind of like background and, and who do you look to? for examples for, for entrepreneurial if it's, if it's not from home? Yeah, I would say that I always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, but I never had that story where you hear some people say that they, would, they built lawn mowing company and they made hundreds of dollars as a six-year-old. That, that was never me, but I always looked for creative ways to make money. I never liked that standard nine to five kind of thing. And I think all of us have that in common. Some of us might work a nine to five, but we don't have that mindset that we're going to be doing that for the rest of our lives and earn a pension and then retire from that. We all kind of think outside the box. So that's the answer to your first question. What was the second part of your question? Yeah, who, do you, who did you look for? So basically yeah. being, being a realtor for over five years now, who are some maybe not, not just about being a realtor, but just in yeah. real estate general, who are some of mentors, people that you yeah, some of the people that I look up to today would be people in the community because obviously real estate investors in the Ontario region, it's a very tight community and everyone kind of knows each other. So there's a few guys like Quentin D'Souza from Durham REI. He's a guy that I look up to because he just seems like a genuine, really good guy and who loves to give back. There's a couple other guys like Andrew Brennan who took, decided to do a podcast with me when he knew very little about me. And he just felt like he wanted to give back. He's a very successful investor. And then from another side of things, from a personal development standpoint, I would say that there's a man named Brian Buffini who's based out of San Diego, California. And he's, he taught me the systems that it takes to build a business based on relationships and referrals. And, uh, he opened the doors for me to personal development. He always recommends certain books. And he's been a, a big inspiration and somebody that I've looked up to quite a bit. That's awesome. That's great. So any tips that you can share from any of those learnings? Well, maybe one of the things that, I, that I've heard many times is that if you can help people get what they want, then you'll be able to earn a living and, and become wealthy and successful. So I try to approach things in that, in, with that in mind, that whenever I'm working with someone, let's say, for example, I'm working with someone at the moment who unfortunately is going through a divorce and they're looking to potentially sell their home. But he was saying, is there any way that I can maybe refinance the home and then give my, my wife the, her portion and keep the house? And I could have easily said, no, you can't do that, this and that. But I'm thinking, okay, let me get him in touch with some of the mortgage, mortgage brokers that I know, because I know that this could be good for him and maybe make things easier. And I know it's a stressful time. So we'll see what happens. I hope, I wish him the best. And I know that if for whatever reason he can't qualify for that mortgage or refinance, then I feel like have a little bit more faith in me and know that I'm trying to do what's best for him. That's yeah. huge. I love that you do that because you're thinking of what's in their best interest. And so mm -hmm. thank you for that. I mean, it's incredible how many people, unfortunately, you've got to watch your back sometimes because not everybody has your best interest. And I will say, I commend you for that. It's great because at some point they're going to come back around or they're going to refer their friends and say, you know, this guy could have sold the house, but he was able to help me. And those will be potential referrals or refers for life. And my realtor in Brantford, like he's awesome too. 
I'm like, Hey, you know, like, I'm not sure about this property. Should I keep it? Should I like just fix it up and rent it? Like, it's just like one of those like properties we weren't so sure about. And he's like, yeah, just keep it. You'll be better off to just hold it. And it's like, it's not about them. It's about like that whole relationship. Cause he's going to get another deal from me at some point anyways, whether it's couple year, et cetera. Yeah. And I think I value his opinion almost even so much more that he's actually telling me not to sell something. Yeah, exactly. Long term, most definitely, if you have that mindset, you'll do well. But if you have a short term mentality, I just want to make money now, that's when you make those bad decisions and you end up ruining relationships. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes it's worth that, if you want to call it a sacrifice in the short term for that long term gain, right? And Mm -hmm. and sometimes I get frustrated with it because right now, like I'm going to the gym, right? And I'm working out and I'm like, man, I just worked out like four times this week. How come I don't have like a six pack already? Yeah. But it's that patience as you build that business, you do those those the right things throughout that path and do hope that, you know, you trust the process, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. So for our Right Club listeners or the Right Club podcast listeners out there, when they're working with an agent, what are some things that you would want them to know when you're working with an agent, say from an investor who's working with you, what are some added features or value adds that you do or some things that you want them to know it makes your job easier than in, in turn makes their life easier as an investor? Yeah, I think the number one thing is for the investors to have clear goals. Because I think that's kind of part of my job too. When, when I sit down with someone, I need to identify what their goals are. Because without that, then we're kind of just operating blindly. So to, to make sure that let's, let's get together, let's talk face to face. And I want to know what are, what, what are you after? Are you after cash flow? Are you after equity? And based on that, those details, and we're able to develop a game plan, have timelines. I know it might seem like it's a bit of pressure, but I think that pressure is good. We've got to have a bit of pressure there for you to really hit your goals and, and get you to that next level. So I think that's, that's one of the key things, having clear goals. All right. That's, uh, that's awesome. So actually, just out of curiosity, so you're an investor, you're a realtor. Mm-hmm. How is that an advantage to you when you're looking for your own properties? Or a disadvantage could be a disadvantage too. Yeah, it could be a disadvantage. The advantage is pretty obvious. I know the market well, but not only that, I have access to the history of the properties in the area and I have tools that the public doesn't have. So I can, obviously when we evaluate properties, we can see uh, within a radius of what's sold within a certain timeline. In addition to that, just being involved in, in real estate, I have a bunch of colleagues. I have people at the office. I have people at the right club that I can turn to and ask if they have anything coming up. So we kind of get first dibs sometimes if you have good relationships. So that's a huge advantage there. And then obviously a disadvantage would be if you did find something, you put an offer on, there's kind of more liability there because you have to follow certain codes of ethic as a realtor. And although I'm always ethical, I, I believe, but there, are, there could be situations where you might get in trouble if a person feels like they're being cheated if you put in an offer that's below asking and whatever. So maybe those are some of the disadvantages. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, having access to, I know working with different realtors, they have access, like you said, to the history. And, and I know when we talk about you know, doing vendor takebacks or, or, yeah. or seller financing, you can see how long that, that particular owner of the property has had that property and kind of do the math as if they, they've had it for 15, 20 years, then they certainly have some equity into the home, right? Exactly. That's a huge thing. There's a tool that probably not a lot of people know about, but I can actually search for comparables in an area and, and uh, sort them by the last date they were sold. 
So I can see that these couple homes here in the area are exactly what I'm looking for. They meet all the criteria. And I can see that this one sold in 1972. This one last sold in 1980. So I can kind of say, okay, these are good options for me for a vendor take back because I know there's probably a lot of equity. They probably paid off their mortgage fully. Hmm. That's a great, that's a great piece of insight. Yeah. I mean, and you're a regular at the club. I mean, I want to just thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for putting a podcast together as well. And it's nice to have many new podcasters out there because three, four years ago, there really wasn't a whole lot in terms of Canadian content. So, you right. know, thank you as well for, for putting some great content. And I think you have some YouTube videos as well. I remember we did something last summer and so I want to thank you for all of that. So the next part of our podcast is called our lightning round. So we're going to ask you a series of four questions okay. and you're going to give us the first question that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Laurel Simmons. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a beginner. It's really easy to lose focus and not accomplish what you set out to do. And when you get right down to it, the reason usually is pretty basic. Your why isn't big enough or clear enough to keep you going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Take a breather from your busy day and think about what you've set out to do and why you're doing it. And while you're taking a break, go to www.thewhyfactorbook.com. There, you can sign up to find out when Laurel's upcoming book, The Why Factor, Why I Eat and Drink My Way Around the World, and Why You Can Too, will be released. And when you do, you'll get free access to a short audio called What's Your Story? All right, so question number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? That one's tough, but I, the, the best advice that I got in general, I'll answer that one because it always sticks with me. I just remember being in high school and we were doing laps. We were, it was timed, so we were running. And one of the guys, he was like the best athlete in, this, in the school. He just, before we started, he said, George, don't try to keep up with me or anyone else. Just go at your own pace. And I think that's something that we can apply to in general. Just don't try to compare yourself to others. There's always going to be people ahead of you. Just run at your own pace. Do what's best for you. That's, that's fantastic advice. And for the most part, we, we are our own competition or our own worst enemies. We, we just want to improve our own personal best, right? Yeah. I think that, that's it. If we can continually improve ourselves, I think that that's right on the right path. So that, that's some yeah. great advice. So question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Real estate investing resource. I would say probably the additional classes or workshops that are done with certain clubs. Whenever you can get somebody from the club who is very knowledgeable and successful to have a full day with, then that's a huge thing. I, I would say that's probably the best thing. Yes, absolutely. Great advice. So number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I would say being genuine and just working in people's best interest. Awesome. Love nice. it. Great. Great. Okay. Last question of the lightning round. It is a typical Sunday morning. What are you doing? Lately, I've been playing a lot of chess. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the challenge of, of just improving because there are tons of really good chess players out there. So just to work and get better. And I can see that I'm getting better and my mind's working in different ways. I think that's been fun on Sunday mornings. Do you do it electronically or in person? Electronically. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I love that. Challenge the brain. Work those brain muscles. I yeah, love that. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Very cool. So, George, if listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you, where can they go? You can go to welloff.ca or welloffpodcast.ca and all the information's there. Awesome. And any last words of advice or anything that you want to share with the, the Right Club Nation? I just want to say that you guys are doing a great thing. I know that it takes a lot of your time. So great job and keep interviewing good people and building those relationships yourselves. And I look forward to seeing your continual growth and hopefully growing with you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you at our next Right Club event as well. And you've become a regular there. So thank you for all your support. Great. You're welcome. Looking forward to it as well. All right. Take care. Thanks, George. See you. What a great conversation with George. He is just such a, such a good guy, such a nice guy. Don't believe what they say about realtors. You know, look at that. What a great, what an awesome realtor, right? So uh, um, what, did you, what did you take? What did you like about the podcast, Sarah? I love that he's just doing different things to create trust and create relationships. And he's got a podcast as well. He's trying to give back to the community. Like he's just an overall just awesome guy. I just wish him tons and tons of success. I'm really excited about what future holds for him. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. The, the handwritten notes, like, perfect. That's like, you don't, all you get in the mail is like bills and like marketing and advertising, right? You don't just I know. Get, <laughs> you don't get like a handwritten note. I think I'm going to try doing that now. So podcast listeners, if you want to send me your address, I'm going to send you a handwritten note. I don't know. I'm going to start sending out thank you notes and it's so cool. It's something that differentiates himself, right? And yeah, I think that's really cool what he does to build that relationship, to strengthen the relationship. And yeah, referrals is the best business. So he loves doing that so that he can continue to, to come and build that. Very cool. Very cool. So Alfonso, just out of curiosity, I haven't asked you in a little while. What have you been up to? Yeah, well, actually today I uh, was rushing back to, so that we could record this. We were up in the Kawartha Lakes area for a, for a home inspection, hopefully closing on another rent to own once we finalize everything like that. So we're still doing that, still going out to inspections, finding more clients, uh, doing a lot more presentations. So if you're a realtor out there, you know, listen to this podcast. We love doing that. I'm out there with myself, my Adam, our operations manager, Cheryl, giving presentations to your real estate brokerage or your mortgage brokerage or if it's a group, a couple of really smart agents have put together sessions for their own clients that can't qualify. So we do a rent-to-own session for their clients as well too. So that's been keeping me busy, doing those presentations, doing more meetings, finding more clients. We're in the midst of looking for some multi-unit buildings as well too on the side. So yeah, if you have any out there, I know Sarah, you're in the market as well too and looking. So uh, let us know. How about you? What, what's keeping you busy? Yeah. You know what? I'm still trying to find a few deals. And now that I remember it, you were in Corthas, I should have asked you to check out a property. I was looking at this place. Do you know a little town called Apsley? Apsley, no. Like North Corthas. Anyways, there's this cottage there. And by the time this airs, I'll either have bought it or not. But <laughs> it's like 150000 bucks. Like it's on a river. And obviously it needs a ton of work. But one hundred and fifty grand for... What's some waterfront property. Definitely going to dig into it a little bit more. Like I think it probably needs a good 80 to hundred K of rentals or yeah. a whole new building on it. We'll see. But I was getting my realtor to just give me some information on that and then trying to find a Hamilton property. So my JV partners went today to look at something and like we had found something 
And then Dylan, my realtor, calls me and there's a conditional offer from someone else. I'm like, no. What, so what, what, we're going to uh, strategically try to put in a second offer and see what happens. And I'm going to let Dylan do his thing. He's, <laughs> he's good. This is hopefully like, the, hopefully we're going to get something soon. And he's like, he's been doing a great job finding some off market opportunities. But you know, like, like George, just like, just like George, it's so important that you work with investors and you're an investor and you have some off market properties. And I think sometimes being well connected, like for example, George is really well connected and he knows a lot of investors and a lot of investors. And I think he's talked a little bit about it in the podcast where they might have something that they're looking for or like selling. Mm -hmm. And then there could be some off market opportunities for clients. So I think it's important to work with somebody that is well connected in whatever the community or whatever the region is. Cause not everything is always on MLS all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And having that realtor that has that same mindset, that knows what you're looking for is, is so key in that process. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We want you to rate and review it. We want to know what you're thinking about this podcast. So we can't read minds, but at this point we want you to get out there, rate, review it, email us as well too. Uh, if you have any questions, if you want to be on the podcast, but it's really important that we want you to go out and rate, review the podcast. It helps us as well too, to get out to more people. We want it, We want as many people listening to this as possible so that they can maybe get some knowledge and start growing their portfolio, whether if it's from zero or it's a hundred and they're going to a thousand, whatever that case is, it helps us get in front of more eyeballs and ears, right? That's it. That's awesome. Well, on that note, this was a great podcast. Really excited to see George and, and see what he does next. And thank you, Alfonso. And we'll see all you listeners and, and you next week. So we're excited for another great episode next week as well. And uh, on that note, see you guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.